Greetings, church. So I'm thankful to um, each one who will be speaking in, in my my absence, and thank you to now to those who will be speaking and to Bob who spoke this morning. I'm thankful to the Lord to be able to assemble to worship. There's nothing like worshiping God, right? How exciting it is to worship God, and what a blessing it is. And you know there are. Um, many things I remember being in the world that you know we did on on Sunday, and there was nothing really exciting about Sunday. But now it's like this is the most exciting and precious day of the week, right? Worshiping God, it's good to worship God. It's good to be here. Good to see each and every one of you, both members and visitors alike. We praise God for your attendance, and um, for those online, we thank God for your attendance as well. Let's go to God, please, in a word of prayer. O great and magnificent God in heaven, we praise your holy and divine name and thank you. We thank you so very much for all that you've done, for all that you do and for all that you will do. And we ask, Lord God, that you will bless us this evening to see the excitement, to feel the excitement, Lord God, in worshiping you, to worship you in spirit and in truth. Tonight we ask you to clear our minds of worldly thought. Help us that our minds will and have been prepared, Lord God, to worship you, our great God. Thank you for Jesus, your great son, who so willingly died on that cruel cross of Calvary for us all, for the sins of the world, for all who respond to your glorious gospel. Thank you, Lord God, for this very opportunity, for this very moment to worship. In Jesus' name we pray and thank thee to be thy will. Amen. Tonight we are looking at the um, final thought within the idea from Matthew chapter 6, the disciples' prayer, Lord, deliver us. Lord, deliver us. The title suggests that we recognize that we need to be delivered. And that's, Lord willing, where we we have to ensure that our minds remain in our service to God. Thank God and thank you, God, that the disciples asked the question, Lord, teach us how to pray. Praying as Jesus taught changes the quality, priority, and depths of not only our lives, but, but reading this prayer, even of our prayer itself. And, and as Jesus demands, uh, to each and every one of us as we pray to Him, He says, you know, here's a pattern that, that you can use in your prayers. Verse 9 says, Matthew 6, pray then in this way, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I want to focus tonight on the last portion of this prayer lead us lead us not into temptation does temptation come from god no right temptation does not come from god so here's what happens in this prayer this prayer is an admission to the fact that if god were to withdraw from us we would all fail tremendously 
we would fall literally on our faces into sin. We would fall immediately. It is a plea from desperation. Lead us not into temptation. And you know what God is saying? Lead us in a way that protects us from ourselves. Because temptation comes from within. Right? We're going to go look at James chapter 1. Lead me, Lord God, away from myself. Now see, this is the humility in this prayer. You first have to acknowledge that your problems, your temptations, the things that have drawn you away from God, did not come from God. In fact, we can't even blame Satan. They came from you. They came from me. Lead me, Lord God, away from my, draw me away from my own evil thoughts and desires and wants. From my own weaknesses. From my own wickedness. Oh, preacher, I'm not wicked. Read the Bible. All of us are. It's the humility in this prayer right now that says, uh, church members, humble yourselves. When we come to God, we realize we're talking to perfection. We're speaking to perfection. We're praying to perfection. Lord, save me from myself. How often have there been things in your life, being honest, right, that you've done something you know you ought not do? God, save me from me. And the problem is that church members, we don't like to admit that. We don't like to admit that that we need to be saved from our own destruction. We need God. So Jesus says, pray in this way. Father, lead us not into temptation. Don't let me be. Don't leave me to me. I need you. So listen to what James says. You know the, the passage, verse 13. Let no one say, when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, and he himself does not tempt anyone. But how many people, when they're going through a struggle, uh, a, a consequence of their own sin, say, God, why are you doing this to me? You've heard it. You've heard it time and time and time again. The consequence of my own actions. Let No one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, and he himself does not tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he's carried away and enticed by his own lust. And then when lust is conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is accomplished, it brings forth death. And it came from me. 1 John chapter 2. See, praying to the Father means I have to Humble myself in my prayer. Verse 15 says, Do not love the world, nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life is not from the Father, but it is from the world. And the world is passing away, and also its lust. But the one who does the will of God abides Forever. Someone might say, well, wait a minute, preacher. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. It says, God, lead me not into temptation. So doesn't it suggest that God is leading us into temptation? That's not what the prayer is stating. Again, it's, Lord, don't allow me to have my way. Save me. Deliver me from my own 
How about pride? Right? Deliver me from my pride. My pride jumps out there. My, deliver me from me. Please, God. Don't allow Satan, we'll come to this in a moment, to lay a trap, a snare out there for me. And then I walk right into it. And then here comes me. Verse 12. Therefore let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he falls. No temptation has overtaken you, but such is common to man. And God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will provide the way of escape also that you may be able to endure. Thank you, God, for giving me a way out. When I choose to go against your will. And then I'm in trouble. Because I saw the way out. But I chose the other route. Thank you God for rescuing me. And for helping me with myself. God rescues us. Over and over again. By his grace and by his mercy. The Lord... Turn to First Peter chapter 4. The Lord gives us the ability, I'm thankful for that, to stand up under the trials that, uh, that come our way, the trials of, of life. Because Satan is, is never going to stop coming. Right? He's never going to stop. He's not going to quit. Temptation does not take a vacation. He's going to keep coming and coming and coming. And, and I, I keep, I keep getting in the way, right? You ever gotten in the way of God? You get in His way. And, and, and Satan just keeps coming. And, and Satan wants to gain access to our hearts and ultimately to our souls. And God says, I'm, I'm not going to allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able. In other words, what God is saying, I'm not going to let you go so far that there's no way out. I'll always give you a way out. Lord, I don't, I don't know that I always want that way out. <laughs> right? I don't know that I always... I, I know I haven't always chosen the way out. Right? I'm glad some people are shaking their heads. Because some folks are going, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I haven't always chosen the way out. But Satan has these snares, these traps for us. And we need God... To who sees the snares. I wonder, and this is just uh, in, in Tony's book of imagination, I think. But I, I think it's I think it's true in, in some sense that, uh, that Satan lays a trap, but God removes the trap. You know, when you wake up and you're praying to the Lord, God, God please help me today. Uh, uh, leave me not in temptation. Deliver me, Lord God. Protect me from evil. You know, we pray in our prayer. We ask God to protect us. And I wonder what God removes for us before our day begins. And as we're going throughout our day, how many traps are Satan throws out there that God removes from us to protect us from ourselves? And I think about the Bible. God says, don't be surprised when temptation comes your way. Verse verse 12, when, when the world throws something at you that you weren't expecting. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal among you which comes upon you for your testing as though some strange thing were happening to you. 
But to the degree that you share in the sufferings of Christ, keep on rejoicing, so that also at the revelation of His glory, you may result, or rejoice rather, in exaltation. If you are reviled for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the Spirit and the glory of God rest upon you. By no means let any of you suffer as a murderer or a thief or a trouble, an evil uh, doer or a troublesome meddler. But if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not feel ashamed. But in that name, let him glorify God. I, I can't even imagine. I, you know, you read books and you, 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 you look back at history and you recognize that the terrible uh, destruction, you know, if you will, Maybe maybe destruction isn't the proper word to use, but, but I think it's a word that is appropriate. The destruction of many people's souls back in those days in the first century, where where Rome had it in for Christians, where they were they had every desire, every day, the imagination of their hearts was to destroy a Christian. And you had to hold on to God. And then you had to not be surprised when when those fiery you know ordeals come into your life, but you had to had to suffer as a Christian and not lash out. Been easy to grab a sword, wouldn't it? Remember, remember Moses, he grabbed a sword. Right? Moses, Moses killed. Maybe he didn't grab a sword, excuse me. Peter grabbed a sword and cut off Malchus's ear. Moses killed one of those men who was a taskmaster. It's easy to do that. No. If you suffer as a Christian, don't be ashamed. Lord, deliver us from the evils of the world, from the corruption through lust, pride, and envy, and jealousy. Lord, deliver us from every evil condition of the heart that affects the church. Right? Think about that. You ever had someone say, well, you know, I know you're right, and I know, you know, the Bible's right, but I just, you know, I just want to argue with you. Or I want to fight with you. Or I want to make your life miserable. Lord, give us the strength to overcome. Deliver us from the evil from within. Right? Turn to Second Timothy, please. Chapter, uh, chapter 3. From evil men who who don't who don't care about your souls. You know when you're when you're outside in the world, you you don't think about souls, right? You don't see souls. You see you see flesh, right? And and so we we deal with each other in the flesh. Lord, help me not to not to live like the world any longer and deal with people uh, like as if we're in the flesh, but realize that there's a spiritual battle and that the soul is more important than the flesh. Help me to have the mindset to respond to things in the spirit and not in the flesh. Deliver us because sometimes we become prey to the world. And you know what's sad? It's not going to get better. Second Timothy chapter three, verse twelve. And indeed, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. But evil men and impostors will proceed from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. It's not going to get better. It's going to get worse. Turn to John, please, chapter 17. So today is the day to make up our minds. If we're going to serve Christ, then serve Him. If you're going to serve Christ, depend upon Him. 
to humble ourselves to recognize that we can't do it on our own. We need Jesus. Desperately. The prayer that Jesus is teaching the disciples is that you have no inner, you know, if you will, you have the inability to do this on your own. Your total dependence has to be on Christ. How hard of a transition that is. Think about that. Because in the world, outside of Christ, we've always done it on our own. Right? Whatever you think, whatever you desire, whatever you want, whatever you will, whatever I think, whatever I desire, whatever I wanted, well, it was my decision and it was what it was. It is what it is. But in Christ, we have to think differently. In Christ, we, we move our minds, we shift our minds to be what, what God wants us to be. In Christ, we live lives physically on the earth, but spiritually, we're different, we're unique. In John 17, Jesus says it like this. In verse 14, Jesus says, I have given them thy word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I do not ask you to take them out of the world, but to keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. That transition, right, to no longer to, to no longer live in the flesh, but to live in the spirit. That's a hard transition to make. We cannot make that transition without Christ. Second uh, Thessalonians, please, chapter three. And Satan is always gunning for us. Satan is always coming and coming and coming. Verse one says, "Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may spread rapidly and be glorified, just as it did also with you." And that we may be delivered from perverse and evil men. For not all have faith. But the Lord is faithful and he will strengthen and protect you from the evil one. We need God's deliverance. Lead me not into temptation. Deliver us from evil. Where is that evil going to come from? It comes from people, right? Turn back to Exodus is where it goes. As Jesus is reminding them continuously. And, um, you know, when you're serving God, you, you, you got to realize that only God can deliver us. There's no other way to be delivered. See, see, the first problem with deliverance from the world is we don't always recognize that we need to be delivered. And what I, you know, what I mean by that is um, we, we don't always realize the sin that lies within. Because people don't always tell us. They don't always say, well, preacher, you know, you're struggling with this or you're struggling with that. We don't always know. We don't, we don't often do a checkup, if you will, right, from the neck up. We don't often look deep into our own hearts and acknowledge our own, our own problems, desires and wickedness and evil. We need deliverance. The first thing is we've got to recognize that we need deliverance. Exodus chapter 1, sort of reminds us of, beginning of verse 10, only God can deliver us. The Hebrews, in Egyptian bondage, come let us deal wisely with them, lest they multiply, and in the event of war, they also join themselves to those who hate us and fight against us and depart from the land. So this is what the Egyptians are saying. So they appointed taskmasters over them to afflict them with hard labor, and they built for Pharaoh. Storage cities, Pithom and Ramesses. But the more they afflicted them, 
the more they multiplied. And the more they spread out. So that they were in dread of the sons of Israel. And the Egyptians compelled the sons of Israel to labor rigorously. And they made their lives bitter with hard labor in mortar and bricks. And all kinds of labor in the field. All their labors which they rigorously imposed on them. And they were hurting, weren't they? The, 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 the Egyptians, they intended to hurt the Hebrews, to hurt the Israelites. And they cried to God. But it got worse. Verse 16. And he said, when you are helping the Hebrew women to give birth and see upon the birth stool, if it's a son, he shall put him to death. But if it is a daughter, then she shall live. But the midwives feared God and did not do as the king of Egypt had commanded them, but let the boys live. Verse 22. Then Pharaoh commanded all his people, saying, Every son who is born you are to cast into the Nile, and every daughter you are to keep alive. Now think about this for a moment. Where do you go at this point? Where do you go? You have no power. The power lies within uh, the, the Egyptians, the pharaohs. Where do you go? You have to go to God. Chapter 2, verse 23. Now it came about in the course of those many days that the king of Egypt died and the sons of Israel sighed because of the bondage. And they cried out and their cry for help because of the bondage rose up to God. So God heard their groanings and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And God saw the sons of Israel and God took notice of them. Chapter 3, verse 7. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt and have given heed to their cry because their taskmasters for I am aware of their suffering." Tonight, are you suffering? Turn, please, to Galatians chapter 1. Tonight, are you struggling in your Christian walk of faith? Tonight, do you recognize how brutal Satan is in your life? See, everyone's got something. All of us have something that we can recall from our past uh, we can think of in our in our present, and we dread in our future. Are you suffering? Right. I mean, I mean, just from just from COVID itself, right? COVID nineteen, the whole world is afflicted. God's people are crying, and then those who have family members who've suffered and died through COVID, or suffered and become ill, or have lasting effects from COVID. Or or, or right now we're, we're separated, and we can't come together, and we're social distancing. Oh, no, maybe you're struggling in your walk of faith right now. You're trying to figure out, you know, do I, do I, do I stay with the Lord or do I, or do I, or maybe I'm struggling with becoming more worldly minded. I haven't really felt it, but are you struggling tonight? Lord, lead us not into temptation and deliver us from ourselves. Galatians chapter one, beginning at verse one. Paul, an apostle, not sent from men, nor through the agency of man, but through Jesus Christ and 
God of the Father, who raised him from the dead. And all the brethren who are with me to the church of Galatia, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us out of this present evil age according to the will of God and Father. Are you struggling even recognizing the fact that this is an evil place, an age that we're living in? Not not talking about sickness, but the minds of humanity. And so, because we struggle with that, you struggle to ask God to deliver you. See, I don't need deliverance, right? Turn back to Matthew chapter 6. I don't need deliverance if I don't see the evil. If I don't see a reason to be delivered, I don't need deliverance. Do you not see the reason? Do you not recognize the struggles of your own mind? Your personal, my personal struggle against sin. Do you not see it? Well, Maybe I don't see it all right now. Pray about it. Lord, help me. Save me from myself. He talks about his kingdom in verse 13. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. It's imperative we recognize that nothing could stop God from bringing the kingdom Nothing could stop the Israelite, if you will, kingdom. Nothing could stop the church, the Christian kingdom. And nothing can stop the heavenly kingdom. The only one who has the power is God. Do I trust Him? Psalm 37, please. Do I trust Him? When I think of the one who has the power, that the power does not lie within me. The power lies within God. Do I trust Him? And when I pray, dear God, deliver me from evil, am I recognizing my own weaknesses and my own evil? Do I trust Him? Psalm 37 and verse 3, the Bible says, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in Him, and He will do it. You see, preacher, God's going to give me my desires. No, see, God expects your desires, my desires, to become His desires. God wants the child of God's will to become in line with God's will. I want to be what God wants me to be, not whom I want to be. And I don't have the power to do that. But I trust in the God of the heavens and the earth of the universe who does have the power to help me, to deliver me from myself. Jeremiah 32, please. Only God has the ability to give us our daily bread. Only God has the ability to provide our daily bread provisions for us. Only God has the power to forgive sins, to keep us from 
our own weaknesses and our own temptations. To deliver us from all evil. Only God has the power to deliver us from Satan, from the evil one. How much do I depend on God? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. You don't pray the prayer verbatim. It's a model prayer. It's a great foundation. Lead us not into temptation. God, please don't leave me to myself. But deliver me from myself. So that I don't die spiritually from within. Right? I don't want to do that. Jeremiah 32, verse 26. A passage just to grab the idea. The Bible says, The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, saying, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is anything too difficult for me? What do you think? I guess the first question is, uh, as we turn to Psalm 18, the first question is, do you do you want it? Right? We talked about that. And there's this short series. Do you, do you want it? How badly do you want to be all that God wants you to be? And everybody wants to go to heaven. But you know, you don't, you can't just, you're not going to stumble into heaven. Right? right? How badly do you want it? How much do you trust and depend on God? The prayer teaches us through its suggestion of leadership, that I can't do this on my own. I need the Good Shepherd to guide me all the way. And only God can do it. Psalm 18, verse 1. I love thee, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. My God, my rock, in whom I take refuge. My shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. And I'm saved from my enemies. Thank you, God. We're going to close in Romans chapter 11. Is there anything too difficult for God? Only God can rescue us from this body of death. Only God can transform my mind. I have to be willing and humble enough to surrender it to Him. And in the end, when we surrender our will to the will of God, when we surrender our minds to God Himself, that's when we win. That's when we win. And stay with God all the way until the end. Tonight, are there, are there some who have not surrendered their lives to Christ? Who have not entered into the waters of baptism? You've heard His word. And you believe it in your heart. You're willing to repent of godly sorrow. To confess His name before men. Be baptized, immersed in water for the forgiveness of your sins. Are there any? Are there any? I think there's some. I know there's some. Because today's another day that God has given to us. To seek and save the lost. Tonight, are you struggling in your heart to surrender your will to God? To surrender your heart to God? 
to surrender your yourselves to God. Only God can help us. Tonight, as you say, God, lead us not into temptation. Are you trusting in Him to deliver you from yourselves? It is so easy to point at everybody else. But what about me? I can't blame anyone but me for what's up here. Do I trust in God for my daily provisions? For all that I have? For His beautiful gifts? Do I thank Him enough? Have I humbled myself in a way that God expects me to? All glory belongs to God forever. Romans chapter 11 and verse 33. Oh, the depth of the riches both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are His judgments and unfathomable His ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord? Who became His counselor? And who has first given to Him that it might be paid back to Him again? For from Him and through Him and to Him are all things. To Him be the glory forever. Amen. For from Him and through Him And to Him. Everything's about Him. Church, I encourage you tonight to live your lives in such a way to where everything that you own, everything that you have, everything that you possess, spiritually, mentally, physically, that you give it to God. That you surrender all to Him. As the the hymn that we sang many times before, I... Surrender all. I pray tonight that something is said. Encourage you to continue to surrender all to God. And if you've not done that, to surrender everything to God. It's worth it. We win. God bless you. Thank you for your time this evening. In a moment, we'll sing a song of invitation to think about our relationship with our great God. God bless you and thank you.